The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today I'm putting today's headlines on the couch and analyzing them for you. You know, every day I'm sure most of you do what I do, which is, you go to the computer and you put on, you click on Google News or some other website for news, and each day is more astonishing than the next as far as what is actually happening in the world. And uh, in Hollywood, if you would come in with a script that would have talked about, had a storyline from one of today's headlines, you would have been thrown out of the office because um, the producer would say, get real. <laughs> this, is not, this is not believable. Nobody's going to believe that this could happen. And in fact, these are the kinds of headlines that are going on every day, and they are real, and they still are hard to believe, but they are real. So I thought I would uh, try to provide, well, my goal was to provide an oasis of sanity, and at the end of the show, you'll, you'll get my, as usual, you'll get my suggestions for uh, how to deal with these things. Um, and hopefully that will be, bring some sanity to the world, or at least in regard to what we're going to be talking about. Because as I was looking at the headlines, I mean, there's so much to talk about. But when I was looking at them, I was struck by how much of today's news is money-driven. Now, you might think, well, that's old news. Um, there's always been the saying, follow the money, and, uh, you know, money, money drives people, corporations, society, and so on. But if you look at the news, look at the headlines, you'll see um, that it is really having more of an impact than ever before. And besides the headlines... If you just look at your own personal life, I want you to take a few minutes now and think about this because I have been noticing it uh, all around me that people are so desperate because of hard economic times that, uh, and for these, not just, not just the fact that it's hard economic times, but the fact that these times have been going on uh, for so long and are wearing the patients, have been wearing the patients thin of people. And people have been finding different ways to cope with this. Some people fly airplanes into the IRS building. Uh, other people steamroll their house so that the bank can't foreclose upon it or that they'll get nothing or just the land if they foreclose. Um, you know, those are rather drastic measures, but we're going to be talking about those men because it's really interesting, and the public's reaction to them has been interesting as well. But 
lets other people take uh, more subtle, uh, even hidden reactions, cope, have coping mechanisms that are that are not necessarily um, more laudable, but uh, quieter. For example, people uh, cheating you in stores or cheating you professionals, cheating you on their bills, or friends uh, who you trusted now suddenly coming up with some idea, some some loan that they vaguely remember or hope you don't remember or hope you <laughs> hope they can remind you of um, that you money that you owe them in other words um, or people doing things to each other, good friends doing things to each other that you would just never have believed uh, possible in order to get ahead money wise um, screwing their friends for money essentially in various ways. Um, what about uh, love re- relationships, dating relationships, marriages? So many of those are going downhill because of money, particularly when it's a husband who's or a boyfriend who's lost a job, because this is so incredibly emasculating that it just um, rocks the whole foundation of the relationship, changes the balance of power, and um, just destroys it unless people are very careful about it. Uh, perhaps we can get into that um, at the end of the show. Um, but the, the the idea is that so many, um, whether it's friendship relationships, love relationships, professional relationships, as I was saying, you know, professionals, um, all of a sudden doc, doctors are doing it too, some doctors, obviously. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about about all friends, all lovers, all professionals, but there is an increasing number of these people who are feeling so desperate that they sort of um, tell white lies or they just change things a little bit, you know, squeeze a little bit out for themselves that they wouldn't have thought of doing before. These are uh, uh, most of these people are really ethical or were very ethical people who are feeling caught between providing for their family or providing even sometimes you know people who donate to charities and feel bad about not being able to donate more i mean the the i'm trying not to be judgmental here because you can't because every situation is unique but the bottom line is i mean obviously you shouldn't be screwing your friends for money and you shouldn't be wrecking relationships uh, because someone has lost their job and you certainly shouldn't as a professional be charging people more because you need to make your rent. Um, those ethics don't change, but the you know the rationalizations that people who are doing these kinds of things use. Sometimes it's just for a luxury, and sometimes it's to be able to donate more for a charity. It doesn't make it right if it's to donate more for a charity, but it's just um, I'm just trying to explain the the tapestry, the different layers of people doing these things for all kinds of different reasons. And if you look in the news, going back to uh, today's headlines on the couch, um, if you look at the news, I was I, I wanted to focus on four stories of men. Actually, they are all men. Come to think of it, because it, I think it's true that women are less likely to do this. I guess you know one could talk about why, because there's less pressure on women to. Uh, uh, or because women wouldn't do some of the violent things that some of these men have done. Um, but interestingly enough, all four of these stories in the news that we're going to talk about 
have to do with men. There are two about little guys and two about big guys. And the, the common denominator is that these are desperate men who um, have been driven to do things because of money, to do bad things <laughs> because of money. Uh, the little guys um, are the man who flew his plane into the um, IRS building, and that was Andrew Joseph Stack, and he's a really interesting guy. And um, I must say that although, of course, it was terrible that he killed somebody and injured some people, um, I must say I, I am not totally... Um, you know, I, I not totally. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Not t- totally against what he did, or or certainly I can see the value in what he did. Um, I don't know that he was trying to kill people, but he was trying to draw attention to to um, his message. And yes, of course, he had to take into consideration that he could well have killed people. I'm not. I'm not defending that part of it, but I'm just saying that this message does need to be heard. Similarly, another little guy, desperate, is Terry Hoskins. He's from Ohio, and he's the one who uh, steamrolled his house when the bank was going to foreclose upon it. And what's interesting is that the the um, polls that have been taken in regard to these news stories um, show people generally in favor of the message of these men. Now, these are the little guys. Then we have two big guys who did some bad things uh, driven by money. Um, the first, well, actually, it's a couple of um, the, the heads, the head in Japan and the head in America, uh, the heads of Toyota, um, they were uh, said that they were growing too fast. I'll talk about that. They pursued growth over the speed at which we were able to develop our people and our organization. And now we have um, many people who have died in accidents related to the Toyota um, brand because of their not doing anything about the problem, the problems in, in their cars early enough before they could, uh, in other words, having a recall much earlier than now, apparently the the um, government has been notified of problems with Toyota cars over the past ten years. There were thousands of complaints over the past ten years, and they're first doing the recall now. Why? Because of money. Recalls are very, very expensive, and not only expensive in terms of how much it costs to fix the current cars, but even more expensive in terms of what it does to the brand name, how many people do you think are going to be likely to buy a Toyota car in the near future with all of this going on? Another big guy um, who uh, was motivated or driven by money in his apology was Tiger Woods. I'm not implying that he was driven by money by when he was uh, having sex with his various mistresses, um, but he was driven by money getting his sponsors back in his uh, press conference in which he apologized, a more phony apology I would be hard-pressed to come up with. So we'll talk about that, too. But what's interesting is that the big guys um, who are desperate and hurt because of what they did for money um, are not really going to wind up in as much trouble (laughs) 
as um, the, the two little guys. Uh, obviously, the man who flew his plane into the IRS building is dead, and um, Terry Hoskins, who steamrolled his house, um, not only lost his house, but, you know, he's facing potential consequences, financial and otherwise, uh, legal consequences, for what he did. So in the end, the big guys um, who do bad things because of money are not going to get as hurt as the little guys. I don't know that that's uh, uh, anything surprising, but it's just important to sort of look at the news and analyze the news for these kinds of things to just sort of um, really get to the bottom of what's going on in society. And this is a good place to break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about these little guys and big guys who are desperate men driven by money. And uh, in the, during the break, why don't you think about the people who you uh, have found in your own life who have been desperate for money and haven't been treating you right. Because this isn't just about uh, the newsmakers. It's really something that's happening to all of us, and we have to figure out a way out. All right, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking about today's headlines, and we're putting them on the couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST for 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about today's headlines, putting them on the couch, in particular the headlines that relate to people who have become desperate because of money. You know, it's kind of, um, when you think about the late 1920s and the early 1930s, when there was the stock market crash and the Great Depression, um, people were pretty desperate and depressed. Uh, then too, and and there were lots of suicides and so on. Um, you know, I think that uh, even though this time there wasn't as big a stock market crash per se, um, the fact that this has been str- stringing along, going along, taking such a long time with all these uh, false starts, so many people still out of work. I mean, it's very hard to keep holding on. I'm not an economist. I'm not going to do any analysis comparing the two uh, financial disasters. But talking about this financial disaster, um, let's look at the two little guys that I was talking about before and uh, how desperate they became. And in both of these cases, it had to do with the IRS. Uh, Well, actually, one of them, the IRS in a bank, and... um, Terry Hoskins, who lives in Ohio or lived in Ohio, had a house once in Ohio that was uh, valued at $350,000. He owed 160000 on it. The bank, River Hills Bank, decided that they wanted to foreclose on him. Now, it's, there, uh, there's some sort of co- it's a, it's a complex uh, financial situation I'm not going to get into, but the IRS put liens on his store. He owned a carpet store um, and commercial property. And then there was, there was also, before this, it had to do with a brother who was a one-time business partner who sued him. This kind of goes to what I was talking about before, actually. I mentioned uh, friends and lovers. I guess family also has to... Um, is important. A lot of families members are, are having more squabbles or turning against each other and so on because they're feeling so desperate about money. Um, uh, one of the big, you know, one of the things that I do is uh, I work as a psychiatric expert witness. That's one of my hats. And uh, I've seen in the last year or two um, an increase in families fighting over inheritances. I mean, that was always the case, but it's never been as vicious. Um, and and as it is now, and, and there seem to be many more families who are willing to take it into the legal system rather than just into their living rooms. So anyhow, his brothers sued him, 
and somehow this got him in trouble with the IRS, or he was also in trouble with the IRS. Anyway, the bank um, claimed his home as collateral and tried to go after both his residential and commercial properties, and he found someone who offered to pay 170000 Now, remember, he owed 160000 and he got someone who offered to help him out and to pay the bank 170000 um, or perhaps they were just buying it for themselves, whatever. They, but the bank refused to take 170000 because they said they could get more from selling it in foreclosure. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like... Um, People, and especially institutions, faceless institutions, think nothing of stealing someone's home, um, whereas they could get some money for it, um, just because they could maybe get, you know, what, 10000 more, or, or how much more, really, in these, these days, how, in the, with the real estate market, how much more could they have gotten? And instead, they don't really care that they're, they're moving this, letting this man uh, taking away, away this man's home. So Mr. Hoskins said, I'll tear it down before I let you take it. He said that to the bank. Take that. And uh, and that's what he did because the bank would not um, would not go back on their plan to, uh, to foreclose. And so he took a bull- bulldozer and his house is now rubble, buried under a coat of snow in Ohio. And... Uh, and that's that. And he said that his actions were intended to send a message. Um, and he said, quote, well, to probably make banks think twice before they try to take someone's home. And if they are going to take it wrongly, the end result will be them tearing their house down like I did mine. Now, you know, this is a man who, um, I mean, obviously he, he, I mean, you could say he was self-destructive. You could say he was depressed and, and became self-destructive, or he let his anger get out of control. Yes, yes. But on the other hand, you know, you could also look at it that this was someone who was willing to sacrifice money and whatever legally is going to happen to him to send this message to other people that they need to stand up for their rights too. That, in other words, to try to get enough people to not necessarily to uh to bulldoze their homes but to take some action and to to stop this insanity that's going all across America. So, there was a poll that um asked people on the internet uh, next to one of these stories, what do you think about what Terry Hoskins did? And the choices were good for him, not a good idea, he should be prosecuted. So, good for him got 78% 24,712 votes for good for him. Not a good idea, only 9%, and he should be prosecuted 13%. So that tells you about the sentiment of, uh, of people also facing foreclosure and, and um, the heartlessness of banks and government and IRS and so on. Now, talk about heartless. Um, that brings us to uh, the next little guy, who um, took a little plane and uh, flew it into a, well, relatively little building, a building that housed the IRS in Austin. And his name was Andrew Joseph Stack. Now, you know, with all news stories, what's so, you, you really only get headlines. You get sound bites. You get, you know, in the news, on the radio, or in, on television, you get these, these three-minute, seven-minute at most sound bites as to what really happened. 
And those sound bites cannot give you the whole story. I mean, there's this, this guy is a really interesting guy. Um, he was an orphan. And um, he, his father died when he was five years old. Um, and his mother committed suicide two years later. So, uh, which is interesting because there is a greater likelihood statistically of someone committing suicide if a family member committed suicide, and essentially that's what he did, and that's what he chose to do when he flew his plane into the IRS building. Um, so when his, after his parents were dead, uh, Joe Stack and four other children, four um, uh, siblings, were scattered around, and then there actually there are different reports about this, how many siblings, how many wound up in this orphanage with him. But in any case, um, Joe Stack and at least two of his uh, brothers were, uh, became orphans at the Milton Hershey School in Pennsylvania. And he was at that school for 10 years, and um, he was graduated with a diploma, and he, his friends uh, said things like he was quiet and brilliant. He was not a troublemaker. Um, he was passionate about music and so on, all kinds of good things. And everyone's, you know, that, I mean, some, some people said he was a little offbeat, but he was brilliant. Um, but what was interesting is that a lot of the people who have been quoted in the news have said that they didn't see signs of this coming. And... Um, What's what's interesting is that because he was an orphan um, at such a he was orphaned at at well at, at seven years old I mean lost one parent at five and another one when he so by the time he was seven he was an orphan and in that culture his brother talked about this how um, really you had to deal with your own problems um, on your own you you didn't reach out to ask someone for help. You know, presumably it's because there were lots of orphans and and, um, and not so much help to go around, although obviously it must have been a pretty good place to have him uh, be graduated and study music there and also then study um, engineering and so on. Um, but but in any case, becoming an, or- an orphan, they the he and his brothers try and tried to do things, tried to solve their own problems on their own, and essentially that's what he did. Um, when he tried to, well, for years he tried to solve the problems with the IRS, um, sometimes with, with help of other people, with groups of people who were trying to do the same kinds of things, um, trying to go through the proper channels to get laws repealed or, or changes made in the system and so on. I mean, this, he was 53 years old, and for years he tried um, uh, the right way, you know, the, the, um, the societally condoned way uh, of, of making change. And finally, he, he just was at the end of his rope, as he talks about in his manifesto, and I'll read some of that. But anyhow... Um, I just thought that uh, then that it was fascinating about his his early life. You know, I mean, people who did condemn him um, were so quick to condemn him and not to really understand him. Um, not that that brings the man back to life who died in that in that incident, but um, but in any case, I, I think 
there is something to be said for Joe Stack. Um, he married his second wife, Cheryl, who was a graduate student at the Butler School of Music. He married her uh, at the University of Texas at Austin. He married her in July 2007. Um, he, she had a 12-year-old daughter, so he was a stepfather to the daughter. And another um, little reported fact is that he and his wife um, had an argument the night before he chose to fly his plane into the building. So um, here he had been writing this manifesto, railing against the system and the IRS and about how he had worked so hard all of his life and the IRS was essentially taking his money um, and, and pre- preventing him from getting as ahead as he felt he deserved as according to how hard he worked. Um, and then we don't really know when or if he would have done that. Presumably it would have been at some point, but maybe not. And whatever argument he and his wife had caused the wife to go to a motel or a hotel the night before, which is why, um, in my opinion, he burned down his house before he uh, flew into the building, into the IRS building, because um, he was obviously really angry at his wife uh, as well. And, you know, we may never know what they argued about because it's unlikely that his wife is going to tell. But... You know, these, it's just really very fascinating before making judgments about people. It's really important before making judgments about people to try to walk in their shoes and to understand where they're coming from. Uh, we do need to take another break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm talking today about the headlines in the news, particularly those driven by money. And when we come back, we'll talk more about that. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about some headlines, putting them on the couch, especially those that have been driven by money and driving men to become desperate and take desperate measures. We're talking about um, Joe Stack. He um, is the man who flew the plane into the IRS building. There's so much to say about him. Um, let me just read. If you haven't read his manifesto, you can find it on the Internet. Don't do that now. You're supposed to be listening to me. <laughs> but do it later. Um, it starts out, if you're reading this, you're no doubt asking yourself. Now, obviously, he knew that people were going to find this after he crashed the plane. If you're reading this, you're no doubt asking yourself, why did this have to happen? The simple truth is that it is complicated and has been coming for a long time. The writing process started many months ago, was intended to be therapy in the face of the looming realization that there isn't enough therapy in the world that can fix what is really broken. Needless to say, this rant could fill volumes with example after example if I would let it. I find the process of writing it frustrating, tedious, and probably pointless, especially given my gross inability to gracefully articulate my thoughts in light of the storm raging in my head. Exactly what is therapeutic about that, I'm not sure, but desperate times call for desperate measures. We are all taught as children that without laws, there would be no society, only anarchy. Sadly, starting at early ages, we in this country have been brainwashed to believe that in return for our dedication and service, our government stands for justice for all. We are further brainwashed to believe that there is freedom in this place and that we should be ready to lay our lives down for the noble principles represented by its founding fathers. Remember, one of these was no taxation without representation. I have spent the total years of my adulthood unlearning that crap from only a few years of my childhood. These days, anyone who really stands up for that principle is promptly labeled a crackpot traitor and worse. Well, um, you get the gist. Uh, but, you know, and you can also tell this is a really brilliant man. Um, it's not the, the ravings of a lunatic, although, I mean, obviously he was brought to, you know, he was, he was on the brink at that point. But, but he was trying to send a message, and, you know, I really think it accomplished that. Um, the message being that we are all being taxed up to our gills. Apparently, Obama has hired, a, I think I can't remember the number now, whether it's 1,000 or 10,000 or some, some astronomical number. I guess the same is more like, I don't know how many, but some, some huge number of extra IRS people. Like, I guess it would have to be 10,000. Anyway, to try to squeeze every nickel and dime 
from us to fund things that we don't, um, according to the polls, the Obama polls, agree with. And um, this man um, has become a lightning rod. This man's death, his suicide, um, has become a lightning rod for to wake up that has awakened a lot of people. And in fact, um, a poll result next to one of the articles about uh, him um, shows this. Uh, the question was, do you harbor anger towards the federal government? And the choices were, yes, the IRS and other agencies hurt the little guy, and 30% of the people agreed with that. No, the system may be flawed, but it basically works. 30% of the people said that. And then, maybe I'm a little upset, but I'm not about to fly a plane into an office building. 40%. Now, if you take uh, the 30% that said, yes, the IRS and other agencies hurt the little guy, and this 40% who are... Uh, upset about it, but aren't going to fly a plane, that makes 70%. 70% of people, and um, at least, are, are realizing that the system is flawed and that we need to do something about it. And, and um, instead of just really working our tushes off, just like this man did, and um, not getting to reap the benefits. Uh, having taxation without representation. I mean, yes, this man obviously was able to reap enough benefits to buy two little planes, but um, he was a workaholic and worked uh, most of his life and um, and uh, got into trouble at one point because he didn't file a tax return because he didn't have any income. Now, granted, he, he could have even gone to, um, oh, what's that, <laughs> some... <laughs> One of the uh, uh, tax companies that advertises on television, <laughs> H&R Block, that's it. He could have even gone to H&R Block and for a relatively small amount of money been told that um, even if you don't have income, you should file a tax return, um, especially since he, since he studied taxes for years when he was in California and, and was part of uh, groups that were that were railing against this. So, you know, you kind of have to think, was this a little passive-aggressive kind of act, and he really did know better? I mean, it, certainly you would expect him to have known better. But in any case, that was just one of the things, um, one of the problems, and then there was this law that was enacted that uh, affected his kind of job to make him um, not be able to be an independent contractor, which meant that he would have had to pay employee taxes, which would have been a lot more expensive, just a whole bunch of different things. Um, but he certainly did wake us up, and we do need to stop just sitting home and watching television, being um, being hypnotized by television, and not standing up for our rights. Um, what else do I want to tell you about him? Another interesting thing is he has a daughter who, um, presumably from his first marriage, although... Um, because he didn't have one from his second marriage, but then there was another report that said he didn't have any natural children. I don't know, maybe this was a stepdaughter as well. But in any case, he had a daughter who he has, well, he had a daughter, uh, Samantha Bell, 38 years old. She's the mother of three, and she lives in Norway. And she was interviewed on Good Morning America. And um, she originally said that um, her father was a hero. And um, she, she said his last actions, the suicide, the catastrophe that caused injuries and death, that was wrong. Um, but if nobody comes out and speaks up on behalf of injustice, then nothing will ever be accomplished. But I do not agree with his last action, with what he did, but I do agree about the government. 
And then um, she was asked on Good Morning America if she considered her father a hero, and she said yes, because now maybe people will listen. And then, um, you know, the, the son of the man who was killed, uh, a Vietnam vet, Vernon Hunter, apparently he did two tours in Vietnam, um, he was killed and his son came out and, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> did not have anything, did not think of, uh, of Joe Stack as a hero. Um, and then apparently Samantha Bell called back Good Morning America, I guess off the air, and she retracted her, her statement, which, which I kind of feel, feel um, disappointed in because she just kind of kowtowed. Of course, I mean, she already said that she was not for um, his having caused any deaths or injuries. Um, but she was. She felt he. he she he caused his own death, and he. She felt that he was a hero for trying to bring attention to this problem, um, because how many of us, you know, just grumble to our friends about it, and we're not willing to fly a plane. I'm not trying to incite anybody to fly planes into buildings. Let me say that to be clear, but I am saying that we should try harder in um, legal ways and as a greater, bigger group, if there was, here was, that's the problem. You have to amass a, a, a critical mass to have change. It can't just be one person here or even 20 people or 100 people uh, here and there trying to do something. People have to come together to enact change. And one person can start that, um, and you don't have to do it by flying into a building, uh, you just have to do it by starting to collect people where you are and using the Internet, too, to collect people. But, um, you know, this hope and change, <laughs> yeah, like um, Sarah Palin, who I don't generally agree with, but she said, how's that hopey, changey thing going? And that is a, that's a great line because it ain't going too well. So, And the IRS is certainly in taxes and, and you know, the... the uh, um, Government taking property um, and so on, forcing people out of their houses. I don't mean just out of foreclosure because of foreclosures, but eminent domain. There's all of these things that are happening within our country, our country for that, that soldiers are going and fighting for the freedom that we are supposed to have in our country, and these things are happening. I mean, people are putting their, their life down um, as we speak uh, for the so that we can have freedom, and yet look what's happening to, you know, to people who are supposed to be free. We're being bamboozled by the IRS, by the banks, by, by heartless people, and something there needs to be some heart brought back, um, as well as freedom and taxation, and no taxation without representation. Interestingly enough, um, Samantha Bell moved to Norway because when she was pregnant in America, um, Medic, she lost her job, and Medicaid wouldn't wouldn't pay for her, uh, wouldn't give her any money for whatever reason. And in, even though in Norway there are heavy taxes, um, there are also heavy um, public um, benefits. So she feels that she gets more for her money there. Well, the time is going really quickly. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, I will be back to wrap it up and to to give you my my answer to these problems. Uh, when we come back, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman talking with you today about today's headlines, particularly those driven by money. And we were talking about Joe Stack, the man who drove his plane uh, into the IRS building in Austin, Texas. And um, although, you know, I'm struggling here because although I certainly don't want to, acu- don't want to incite anyone to, to violence, that's my, the last thing, uh, I'm a big media, uh, anti-media violence activist, so I don't want to be part of the problem, but... I am hoping that I'm inciting you to do something about the problem, a nonviolent solution. I mean, one thing that comes to mind um, is the Tea Party, which is um, not, um, I mean, people from all political parties are joining that because of just the general sense of, of protecting freedoms, just the same kinds of things that Joe Stack is talking about. But um, if you want to do something else, you can certainly do something in your own uh, neighborhood or you can start a website and gather people to your cause. But um, certainly a major, you know, we're all being bled dry here 
while the government is giving money to huge corporations so that executives could buy um, multi-thousand-dollar rugs, you know, fancy rugs, fancy furnishings, spending money uh, like AIG on uh, these retreats for executives, thousands and thousands of our taxpayer dollars. I mean, why did we bail out the the um, car industry, for example? Who's bailing you out? Nobody's bailing me out. <laughs> we have to. I mean, it's our money, and we're not involved in deciding um, where it goes. The only hopeful sign is that uh, it's amazing how many congressmen are quitting, uh, resigning. <laughs> Um, and that's giving a chance for new new blood, hopefully new new ideas that are uh, a little more a little more for the people. In any case, I said I was going to give you some suggestions. Um, one is to to do something about it, inciting you to do something, and not just sitting back and watching television every night when you could be out gathering with your uh, fellow friends and family members and so on, people who believe the same way, talking about this and trying to find. Um, Ways, legal ways of, of changing things. Uh, run for office yourself. Support a candidate that you, whose ideas you believe in. Um, also, sort of on a more fundamental level, the, the key is to find things that are more important than money or to focus on things that are more important than money in life. Our society has become, um, too money obsessed, too status obsessed, too material goods obsessed. Uh, as if, you know, the more expensive car you have, the happier you'll be. That is not true. Um, what you need to do, the richest people are not those with the most money. It's the people with the most friends, with the most love, with the most time spent in nature, time spent enjoying music, reading good books, enjoying art, going to museums, uh, being creative themselves, following their bliss. I mean, we have this, we've we've developed this, narrow-minded view of what success is or what what makes us happy. And, um, I mean, it's ridiculous when you think of people standing online from the night before to get an iPod or I'm just, I don't mean to single out the iPod or just any kind of new technological gadget or sales at, at stores. Um, people, people wait, you know, camp out. I mean, really, folks, is this? Um, is it, are you going to be really that much happier if you um, get whatever it is or you buy one more sweater or, or whatever the material goods is? That, that is not it. Instead of being out all night standing on lines, you should be you know, listening to classical music or whatever kind of music you enjoy, not rap, that's violent, but, but other kinds of um, music or, or other kinds of arts. Um, or just spending time sharing, sharing time and experiences with friends. Um, or, as I was saying before, um, gathering to figure out ways to make the changes in our society that we have to ch- change. We can't, I mean, what kind of society is this when, when the IRS is, is driving people to, to kill themselves, to kill other people, when the banks are foreclosing and, and you know, for $10,000 more, they're not gonna, they're gonna take away a man's home. I mean, where, when, We've just become so incredibly, incredibly cruel and so focused on the wrong things. And we have to get our priorities straight, and we have to start doing something about it. Um, Again, uh, not necessarily something drastic or violent, 
but there, that took courage, and he did uh, convey a message, and it's a message that we all need to hear. I mean, if you look in the news, you'll see stories all the time about eminent domain, government deciding that they need your land for something or other. Um, they don't have to have a great explanation. Um, and, and driving people, there was something in the news in California the other day, this couple, who, elderly couple who had been in their house forever, and the government was taking it over. Um, to, I don't even remember what they were going to make, but they, they, for some reason, ridiculous reason, they were shooing these, this elderly couple out of their house. And, of course, they're going to give them peanuts for it, and they're not going to be able to buy anything else. There was another story, come to think of it, of a family who was being forced out of their house, not for eminent domain, I think it was foreclosure. Um, they had lost two of their children uh, in viol- in, through violence, um, through violent incidents, the, the children were killed, and um, uh, separate times. I mean, they had tragedies, and this home uh, included the rooms of these children, so it meant a lot to them to stay in that home and to keep these rooms as shrines to their children, and the bank was just coming in and foreclosing upon them. Now, I'm not saying that we should bail people out who have been um, reckless with their money uh, or, or um, don't have responsibility don't take responsibility, but when people have been working really, really hard and, um, and still wind up in these kinds of circumstances, like Joe Stack, for example, he early, right when he was going to college, he um, lived, he was a poor student, and he lived next to a woman, a widow of a man who had worked in the, um, I think it was the Pennsylvania steel mines all his life, and after 30 years, through um, corporate mismanagement, the pension, the, her husband's pension was lost. And so all this woman had to live on, instead of this pension that the, her husband had worked for for 30 years, she didn't get any of that money, and she only had Social Security to live on, and she was in deep um, cat-cat-doo-doo. So these were the kinds of things that um, Joe Stack learned growing up and were, was holding in until he finally exploded. And again, I'm not condoning it, but I think that since he did um, sacrifice himself, that we should all that we should all learn from this. And um, I'll read you just uh, one of his from his manif- manifesto. Um, I know I'm hardly the first one to decide. I have had all I can stand. It is. It has always been a myth that people have stopped dying for their freedom in this country, and it isn't limited to the blacks and poor immigrants. I know there have been countless before me, and there are sure to be as many after, but I also know that by not adding my body to the count, I ensure nothing will change. I choose to not keep looking over my shoulder at Big Brother while he strips my carcass. I choose not to ignore what is going on all around me. I choose not to pretend that business as usual won't continue. I have just had enough. And he ends it with, I saw it written once that the definition of insanity is repeating the same process over and over and expecting the outcome to suddenly be different. I am finally ready to stop this insanity. Well, Mr. Big Brother IRS man, let's try something different. Take my pound of flesh and sleep well. And you know what? They will sleep well unless people start following um, and trying to do something to make sure that things change. If people really work hard, 
you know, the, the America, for the American dream. And again, not that we should be concentrating on materialism, but just to be able to live in comfort and happiness to pursue, um, to pursue happiness and, and, and to live freely the way we choose, not, not, um, you know, to live free costs, but not the exorbitant costs that we are being taxed. With that, I will have to say goodbye the, at the end of the hour. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.